Welcome to Heart, Hustle, and Humor, a show for dedicated, hardworking, fun entrepreneurs and business owners who want to build a business bigger than their own satisfaction. We all know heart got you started, hustle made it happen, and humor got you through it. This is the only place you can get inspired and motivated by my guests who are using the trifecta of heart, hustle, and humor in their business. It's time to dream higher. Today's episode is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Media Services. Kaleidoscope Media Services helps professionals scale their business by adding digital products for success. I'm your host, Dr. T. Welcome to another episode of Heart, Hustle, and Humor. I'm your host, Dr. T. And I am so excited to have our guest in studio today, Juan Carrillo. Hi, happy to be here. Really, really excited. Honored to be on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we haven't known each other very long. In fact, we met through a mutual connection. And when I talked to you, it was just exciting to hear the work you're doing. But I got to give the listeners your information, your bio, because you're doing some really amazing work. So you are a small business owner and entrepreneur with experience creating business plans, raising capital, and managing projects. He has led his microbreweries social responsibility strategy, which has been able to fund student scholarships, connect volunteers to nonprofits, raise funds for local causes, and provide an outlet for artists and entrepreneurs to showcase their work. Juan has over 10 years of experience in the nonprofit sector. His most recent role is as a senior director of college and career development with the Boys and Girls Club of Central Orange Coast. Under his leadership, the organization's impact grew from 40 to 2,500 high school youth served annually. That is huge. Juan led the expansion of the program to four cities in Orange County and managed relationships and with districts, community organizations, corporate partners, and foundations. He led the development of yearly program goals, metrics, evaluations, and strategies that met organizational grant and donor objectives. Juan has an MA in social entrepreneurship from one of my alma maters, Pepperdine University. Yeah, a lot, right? A lot going on with you. So tell us why you're in this business. What makes you excited? Yeah, so I got really passionate about helping others. I've done a lot of work in education. And when I graduated from my undergrad, I was looking to either start my own nonprofit, do something else to give back. I wanted to become a professor. I thought, you know, that was going to be my avenue to do that and give back. And I decided instead to do a year of service with a AmeriCorps, City Year AmeriCorps, which is one of their biggest education nonprofits. That really led me to do community service work for a year in uh, underserved community in Los Angeles, really serving middle school students, getting them access to mentorship and the opportunities to really get back on track. And through that, I was in a cohort of really engaged and aspiring young kind of emerging leaders as well. And in that, I was trying to figure out, you know, what's my next step? Where am I going next? And I really wanted to start my own nonprofit. I said, you know what? I had this vision. Uh, to serve youth, especially low, low income, low resource youth. And I wanted to go out and serve, start my own nonprofit. And I realized that I didn't have all the skills to do that. So I ended up going to graduate school. And in that whole space, you know, the common thread was giving back. 
another thread that always came back was this entrepreneurship, the thread of entrepreneurship. And when I've realized I can combine both of them, I came into you know the realization of social entrepreneurship. And that was really what I became really passionate about. And depending on who you speak to, you know, social entrepreneurship can be defined in many ways. All of them are okay. But the one I really gravitated towards and the work I currently do right now with Rev Hub OC is defining social enterprises as mission-driven, for-profit businesses that are addressing environmental and social challenges at scale. And part of that work is really understanding, you know, my nonprofit work and the work I was doing in the past, I saw the work being done in three different ways. There's one, you have a, a solution, a company comes up with a solution, goes to the community that needs it and says, hey, we have a solution, here it is. And they come in almost like as their saviors. And there's a lot of power dynamics and issues involved with that. And another approach was there's individuals, organizations that come into communities that really need the services and resources. And they say, hey, I have a resource or service. How about you come in? Let me open the door. Let me give you a seat at the table. And we can kind of come up with the solution together. And that's a great approach. And I've seen some wonderful impact in that space. The last piece I felt was really missing, and I felt that social entrepreneurship really could you know, fill that gap is, instead of coming in with the solution, is these communities that we're always trying to figure out solutions for is, the solution is embedded in the community. Everyone has that. It's about providing the resources, the pathways, the services, and letting the community members really activate those resources mm-hmm. and come up with solutions themselves. And when you yeah. come up with those solutions, you do it through the power of entrepreneurship. I think that's the most scalable, impactful, sustainable way of doing impact in communities. And that's what I fell in love with. And that was the soul of why I wanted to do some work is how do I go in and, and into communities and just provide the resources and step back and be yeah. more of a facilitator and ecosystem builder rather than taking lead and coming up with a solution myself? You know, I think that goes back to a big piece of what I talk about is the heart, right? And I think when we allow people in their own communities to find their own solution, they want that solution. They want to figure it out. And by infusing resources, or as you said, being that conduit, that facilitator, exponentially, you can make change faster. And I do think people kind of get the whole concept here a little confused. Social responsibility, what does that look like? community-based activities. So it does get convoluted. But don't you think it really comes down to when you're working with community to define it for them and what they want? I think that that's one of the most important things. And so one approach has always been for me, part of my all the community engagement work that I've done is really being able to tap into and open up the voices of community members to really speak and drive a lot of the innovation, a lot of the program development, a lot of the strategy and vision of the work we want to do is giving the voice to the community members to really have not only a seat at the table, but really more of a, a kind of a leadership role in driving that change. When you're you know, stepping back and you're looking at some of your projects that you've done, how have you seen people emotionally change? Like now they're either happier or they're feeling like, and, and I think in my mind, because I did a lot of uh, work for Habitat for Humanity, and when we were able yeah. to build homes for them and they took responsibility for it, their lives shifted in some amazing ways. So how have you seen the work you're doing shift people's lives? That's a great question. You know, I think it's an antidote for that would be about a month ago, I was having a meeting in Santa Ana. This young lady walked by and, and called out my name. I turned around and it happened to be one of the first high school students I'd mentored when I uh, engaged with the Boys and Girls. So in 2015, she was a senior. I had just gone into this role and 
and I was mentoring her at uh, about 40 students on my caseload and I was mentoring her. We helped her with mentoring services. We actually helped her receive one of the six angel scholarship awards and she got a full ride all her undergrad and then they helped her out in graduate school as well. She approached me and she just wanted to reach out and say, thank you so much for the support. She made it through graduate school and now she was actually working for a local nonprofit in the health equity space and serving her actual community. And just seeing her light up and describe the impact that we've had, it was six years ago, and how grateful she was of the mentoring and the service and the ability for for someone to care and to provide those resources. You can tell she, I mean, obviously, you know, there's so many other stakeholders involved in, in her success, but to be able to have her speak to me about specifically the things that we did and our relationship and how it's changed her life. And now for me, it's not just changed her life, but set her to a place where now she's able to give back to her community. And that was the ultimate goal for me is how do I mentor these students, get a college education and then come back to the community? She expressed how it's changed her relationship with her friends and her parents and what she wants to do with their life. So, you know, that was beautiful. And that just happened last month. So I'm happy to say even years later that what a beautiful story to go full circle. Well, it is. You said it was six years ago. I mean, that can feel like a long time, but really it's not. And the amount of people that she's going to change because when people have the role models and they get passionate about things, they too begin to mentor others and impact communities. So I'm glad you shared that story. I love those stories when people come back and say, by the way, I heard you say this, or I heard you say that, and it helped me. I'm like, that's all that matters. It's not about us, right? It's not about you and I. It's about just sharing what we know or what we can do. You've really participated a lot with youth, but you're also revhub.com. You're also doing some work there. And I know you're extremely dedicated and passionate about that work. So tell us a little bit about the revhub.com and the work you're doing there. Yeah, yeah. So RevHub, we're a social purpose corporation and we're building the social enterprise ecosystem in Orange County. What we're doing is really leveraging the resources found in Orange County to build an ecosystem that social entrepreneurs can, from the earliest stages, from having an idea all the way up to a viable business, is we're bringing all the players into this ecosystem to really support social entrepreneurship. And so the way we define it is that mission-driven for-profit business. And so Mission-driven is really key for us. Uh, Social enterprises, normally everyone thinks about the nonprofit model and social enterprises really, what we're looking at is a for-profit model and businesses that take the mission at the core. It's not a byproduct of what they do. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're giving back to charity, which is great. That's the great form of making an impact, but we're definitely looking for supporting businesses that are putting their mission at the forefront of what they're doing. And so they're ensuring that everything they do moving forward, their strategies, their business model is all aligned with the impact that they're trying to make. They're addressing environmental and social challenges and they're doing it at scale. And so those are some big key indicators. So RevHub OC, we have an incubator program where we help entrepreneurs really refine their business model, develop their theory of change and impact strategy and help them really grow. We also have a fund, RevFund One, which is the ability to bring that equity capital piece that entrepreneurs really need to really scale their business. So in that space, what we realize is entrepreneurs are missing three key things, and it's three forms of capital. One is that financial capital piece. And so especially for low-income, under-resourced entrepreneurs, that financial piece is really critical. When you're starting a business, A lot, the first thing you do is you, you put in your own money if you have it, then you go to friends and family, and then you hopefully you know, go out and raise some venture capital. 
a lot of the entrepreneurs that we're hoping to serve, underserve, under-resourced entrepreneurs don't have that initial funding for themselves or the friends and family. And so one thing we're doing is bringing non-dilutive capital in the form of grants to help bridge that gap for entrepreneurs, really helping them have the resources to build the prototype, conduct a pilot, get the licensing, the software really needed to continue building their business. And then we have a, a fund. Venture capital is one of the most inequitable systems still left in the US. Less than 2.5% of venture capital last year went to female founders, even less went to founders of color. We know we couldn't change that, but we didn't want to perpetuate that same inequality. And so our fund is specifically targeting female founders, founders of color, and in order to get them the opportunity to get that patient capital that they really need to scale their business. The other form of capital that we're really focused on is an intellectual capital piece, which is really that technical assistance. How do you develop the business skills and the acumen to really grow your business? A lot of that space is found in educational settings, really these formal settings. What we want to do is take that, have those amazing mentors, content experts, and bring them to underserved, under-resourced communities. And so that intellectual capital is really important. And the third piece is the social capital piece, which is really critical and really the which we talked about, right? The mentors. And this is really that secret sauce of incubators and technical census programs is bringing in the right individuals who really have a passion to give back to mentors and really walk through them in this journey. And so we built this incubator program with those three forms of capital as our framework. But we said, if we just built an incubator and a fund, we weren't going to be able to have the diverse founders and social entrepreneurs really applying to our incubator. We're going to have the same individuals who have the opportunity to not support a job, just go full force, full time into this. And so what we want to do is build illuminated pathways for entrepreneurs from under-resources and underserved communities. And so we recently received an $8.5 million state budget appropriation championed by Senator, thank you, championed by local Senator Josh Newman to build a social enterprise ecosystem in North Orange County. And the idea behind that is really building out entrepreneurship overall, but specifically social entrepreneurship in Orange County. We want to make sure that there's zero barriers to entrepreneurship for entrepreneurs. And so we're building out the outreach engagement, exploration, ideation, and funneling them through incubation and with the hopes of them getting access to venture capital as they continue growing. So we're not doing it alone. We consider ourselves an ecosystem builder. So we have amazing, amazing players in Orange County, Cal State Fullerton, uh, the North Orange County Community College District, 1OC, which is our fiscal sponsorship, Advance OC, OC Mecca, and Cielo for our all organizations who are doing amazing work in Orange County Hispanic Chamber with their SBDC. And so you get all these players in this space and we, we think magic is going to happen. Yeah, it's not called an ecosystem for no reason, right? The Absolutely. ecosystem is about bringing everybody in and figuring out who's got what and where are we going. And it's about the community. It's about other businesses and it's about momentum. And I want to kind of shift us into sort of the hustle part. You've got a lot of things going on in your life. You've got a couple kids. Yeah, I do. <laughs> right? It's, how do you manage the hustle of having to get everything done? It's a lot of trial and error. One of the biggest pieces is obviously having my wife is an amazing partner. And I think without her and, and going through this process with someone just being a champion on your side, or you know, when there are days that the hustle's way too much, you don't know how you're going to do it. It's always great to rely on my wife who just you know stays positive, keeps us going, and is the heart of our family. So I lean a lot on her, which is great. But you know, a lot of it is passion. And I think on days where you're tired and days where you're like, 
how can I do this? You come down to why you're doing this overall. And uh, you go back to the heart and you rely on the heart and the heart speaks truth and wisdom and keeps you going. And I see this vision of where Orange County is and what we can do in terms of social enterprise and social innovation here to solve some of our community and our world's greatest challenges. And so the work that especially I'm doing with RevHub is what really keeps me going. I, I love it. As we pile on more work and the hustle gets get, gets a lot, a lot heavier, I think it's that vision and that passion for helping others that keeps me going. So, and on a more practical sense, it's time management and to be honest, coffee, things like coffee and <laughs> that keeps me going, friends and family who uh, help me kind of distract myself from the day to day and find that good work-life balance. Yeah, I don't know if you found this, but entrepreneurs, we tend to work a lot, hustle a lot because we are passionate about what we do, right? And we want Absolutely. it or we're trying to innovate something. But sometimes we want things a little faster than, you know. So much faster. And, and so much, right? I mean, don't you see that in your work with, with other entrepreneurs? It's like, I want it now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so it's that fine balance of we want it now. And it's part of that venture kind of studio venture design is go out there, test, figure out if it's working or not, and then uh, come back, redo it again and stuff. And so fail fast, fail quick, redo it. And, and that's great. But yeah, I completely agree. I think we're running to that vision and to that end goal and that impact that we want to have. And it's, uh, you know, how people say it's a marathon, how to sprint. And so <laughs> it's reminding ourselves of that uh, slowly. And I have an amazing team of individuals on our Rev Hub who really remind us of that and keep yeah. us, especially our CEO and partners who understand the bigger vision of where we want to be and not spreading ourselves thin and not burning ourselves out and understanding that when it comes down to it, we're working with people and we all rely on each other to ensure that we're moving at the same pace and mm. someone's not sprinting while someone else is kind of going on a different pace and understand <laughs> there's a marathon. I think that really takes a good core team, which we have. So I'm very fortunate about that. Yeah. The people we surround ourselves with, both, as you mentioned, your family, even friends, our community, and then the folks that we work with. That's how I do it. I spend a lot of time with friends and family and, yeah. and managing it so I can take a deep breath once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. All right. But we have to ask you with all of this, <laughs> how's the laughing and fun going for you? You have to. I mean, I have, I have a four-year-old and an 11-month-old, and it reminds you that you can escape from all that and just focus on engaging and kind of in their world. And it, it really pushes me to be silly. I seriously step away from my last meeting of the day where I'm meeting with an executive director or CEO. We're talking about business and things like that. We're talking about changing the world. 10 minutes later, I'm pretending I'm Spider-Man and I'm web slinging across the, the uh, living room. And I'm very, very fortunate that my daughters have brought that out in me again. I lost that a little bit as I got older and I felt like I you know, had to be, I have to be a little bit more professional and I have to play the part of being in these meetings and understand that sometimes I try to surround myself with people that are smarter than me. And sometimes, you know, that yeah. imposter syndrome and stuff. And then you oh, step yeah. away and you realize your true self is I'm a father, uh, I'm a husband, and uh, I'm a son. And when I get into these spaces, it centers me a lot. And a lot of that is about laughing. I'm very sarcastic. And so is my wife. And so sometimes that that gets me into trouble sometimes as well. <laughs> but it's all fun. And yeah, it's especially laughing, finding humor in, in the little things that my daughters are doing is awesome. 
I so enjoy watching my nieces and nephews. They're older now. The two of them have a little more of an adult sense of humor. They're 16 and 18. And, yeah, then, and the I younger know. two are just a hoot. But boy, it just brings us back to why we're doing what we're doing. And I think that's kind of full circle. We talked about the why. And we spend a lot of time in our company, Kaleidoscope Media Services. We spend a lot of time talking about the importance of the team, the importance of people, the importance of helping our clients automate so they can have this freedom and lifestyle they want. It's all layered. The days are gone where you are that work person or you're the home person. It's all blended. And I think COVID kind of brought us into that. People came back to the reality of we need to build a lifestyle and we need to figure out how to do it. So I'm excited about the work that you're doing. Again, social responsibility. We need more of that in the true sense, that mission-driven opportunities in the companies. As we're wrapping our time up together, what's kind of that last piece of advice you want to give our listeners? That's a great question. For me, it's about having listeners understand that I think we have the opportunity to change the world and it's our responsibility to really find how we're, we're spending our time, how we're spending our money to really drive that and make that change. And I think for me, it's we're going to see in the next several years, this social enterprise movement really become at the forefront of the way we engage as consumers and the way we want to engage with companies. And I believe that we're going to see some of the best innovation come from Orange County or from Southern California that's really going to impact the world. And so really, really excited to have the community, this whole larger social entrepreneurship ecosystem in Orange County and Southern California at large, all the players coming into this space and a lot more individuals just like yourself who are passionate about this work, who are committed and spending time and resources to make this world a better place. For all those, the youth looking to find a career choice, tech always seems to be something and STEM fields always seem to be something that are, uh, are really at the forefront in education. But I like to really challenge the youth to look at social entrepreneurship as a career path, mm-hmm. as a, a way to transform mm-hmm. their communities, to build wealth, but ultimately to change the world. So I think everyone can be involved in the space, whether it be as a mentor, as a customer to social enterprises, as an aspiring entrepreneur themselves. I think everyone can definitely make a difference in this space. What a way to wrap this conversation <laughs> up. That was so wonderful. And I am so delighted to know you. And I'm so delighted for us to continue our relationship and build some collegial opportunities for the two of us together while serving the community and you know adults and youth entrepreneurs. And this is fantastic. So again, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And this has been another episode of Heart, Hustle, and Humor. And I'm your host, Dr. T. Now, I know you love this episode. So please like us and subscribe. Until next time, hashtag stay great. Are you a professional looking to take your business to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go to kaleidoscopemediaservices.com. Check it out. And if you feel you are ready, then set up a time to talk to me and my co-founder, Laura Neubauer. I'm your host, Dr. T. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends.